I'm Peter Cannell. I'm the local group organiser of the Seniac UK Isle of Man Volunteer Support Group. You mentioned there's a lot more people on the island that actually are celiacs than I would have imagined. Just tell us those figures again. The medical profession reckon it's about one in a hundred people suffer from severe gluten intolerance to the point where they're actually celiac. It's an inherited condition, um, so you know it's something I can blame my parents on. Uh, the reason that we don't hear much about it is people who suffer from celiac disease tend to actually avoid going out to restaurants. They tend to avoid... They'll be the ones at work that don't take part in the in the cakes for Christmas or the, the yard of pasty or something like that. They'll be the ones that are trying to avoid all that. And they won't sometimes won't even go out to their friends and family uh, because they're scared that they'll consume something that contains gluten or has been contaminated with gluten. And the the response and reaction for someone who is celiac is very different to someone who just is trying not to have quite so much gluten in their diet, isn't it? It is. Um, I mean, that's the other thing is, I mean, some people can be violently, violently ill as soon as they consume it. Other people, uh, it can happen over a matter of uh, hours and um, it can last for about a week to 10 days sometimes. And in, in fact, you know, sometimes if you're not really fully recovered and then you get glutened again that's the phrase we would use um you can it, it just dra- drags out and drags out and um it's seen in forms like you become very very tired obviously there's the stomach side of things that you don't really want to talk about on on public radio um but also you get very strange things like um uh what i call the tingles which is where you f- it's almost like you get pins and needles across the whole of your body uh, because you're lacking vitamin D12, B12. Um, you can get very sort of what we call brain fog, where you can't think straight, and terrible fatigue. Uh, before I really uh, went down with it this last time, um, I used to be sort of a little bit sort of, um, you know, not sure when people said, oh, I'm suffering from chronic fatigue. But now having felt it and actually lived through it, I know it's it's terrible, it's debilitating, you know, because you're trying to do things and you just can't move. And Peter, it can, it can, as we know, be a, a very serious reaction you can have, but sometimes to even the smallest things that we might not think of. Absolutely. A tiny, tiny bit can, can set you off. Um, there is, you'll often see, if you look at the ingredients lists, something that says may contain, um, and it may contain gluten. Now, celiacs won't touch the stuff that says may contain. And one of our complaints often is that it's just because the manufacturer wants to cover themselves but that it can be a reality. I, I've, I've actually got myself glutened from a packet of crisps that had may contain written on the back of it. Um, and for me as well, I can be very sensitive. I've walked through a cloud of flour past a bakery and become um, uh, very, very ill as a result of that. Which means certainly in certain supermarkets, if they're cooking up bread and I can sort of smell it from a distance, I avoid the bakery aisle and I'll avoid going anywhere near it just in case. And people who, where, where, where you've been glutened, won't necessarily know that's happened because that could be happening t- 10, 12, 24 hours later, you know, um, when you're back at home. And so, yes, it is quite a silent disease, really, to some extent. Mm. And as yeah. you said, it's not just the person who has this that's going to be impacted by it. It's all the family as well. Yes. I mean, the hardest thing I learned was to have to tell people um, because, again, it, as you said, it's quite private. You don't really want to be telling the whole world that you're ill. Um, but if you don't tell the immediate family, 
that you've um, been gluten, you consume gluten. They're going to wonder how you're behaving, why you're behaving the way you are. Um, they know me well enough now, though, that uh, if if it does accidentally happen, that often sometimes they'll be looking at me going, "You've eaten something you shouldn't, shouldn't you?" And I'm going, "Yes, I have." You know, I'm trying not to tell you because I don't want you to get worried about me. But you know, you do need to tell people, otherwise, mm. um, you know, they think you're just behaving odd. I'm quite positive about the Manx Healthcare Service because I can. Uh, say that I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for them. Well, that's brilliant to hear. And I, mm. I, I was going to ask you, actually, what sort of support is there now on Ireland for people who are celiac? Unfortunately, since COVID, it's gone down. Um, we, we've always been um, on the edge of getting prescriptions or not. It sort of goes with the weather. Um, and certainly for people with celiac who are uh, not as... Uh, um, wealthy it can be a big expense so we used to be able to get prescriptions for pasta and and bread and flour um sort of basics um that's been stopped um and recently as well with headcount problems the nutritionists the nobles nutritionists don't have capacity to be able to see us either so we don't even get access to the the um nhs well manx cares nutritional nutritionist service and that's vitally that's why the volunteer support group becomes vital uh, because we can share information with each other about how we can actually afford to live gluten-free Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it's the very basic nature of you, you need to eat. Obviously, that you will not survive without it. So you have to find places where you can eat. You have to find the food you can eat. I mean, I'm guessing now we do have, as you mentioned, these free from aisles in most of the supermarkets. It must be somewhat easier, if not, as you say, more expensive. But it must be somewhat easier now to find foodstuffs than it was back in the day. Oh, very much so. I mean, the stories my mum tells uh, of essentially she was put on an aeroplane back to the Isle of Man with this very sick kid. And when she arrived here, they went, well, we're not, we haven't got any money to support you. Um, so, and nobody really knew what to do. So funny enough, she was almost one of the first people to join Celiac Society. And uh, she remembers getting this uh, full scap page of, of documents of food that they considered safe. And now we get a big thick food and drink directory. Um, fortunately, we're country, so we were farmers um, so we basically produced. Uh, I was born and brought. I was brought up on eggs and milk and and meat that we produced on the farm and vegetables grown in the garden. Um, so you know, I was very very fortunate in that respect. You know, it would have been very different if we'd been in the town or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum's quite a creative cook. I, th- I don't know whether that's because because of me or you know whatever. Um, and, and I mean, nowadays uh, the free from aisle makes a big big difference. Um, Having said that, uh, one of the biggest things is that you've got an app now you can get from Celiac UK, which is a food checker. Um, And there's a lot of stuff that's not in the food aisle that you can eat. And um, if you know where to go, uh, you know, like effectively, we shop local a lot more because we know what we're getting. So like of Brian Radcliffe's veg shed in the north of the island and, and the local butcher's shops, things that we we wouldn't do before we just rush around the supermarket now we're a lot more careful and uh, you know uh, eat local but how easy is it to find places where you can eat out and about around the island there are quite a few 
but you do need to ask. Um, there, there's, there's, there's a very high, there's a high-end restaurant where the the, the family that run it, their daughter celiac, and because of that, they are extremely good. Um, I'm not going to mention them because they haven't. I haven't asked their permission to mention their names, uh, but the the. The Craig de Bar is is a great example of that, um, and in fact, the the chip shop in Onken Friars Chippy used to make a big thing about the fact of having two separate fryers because you wouldn't think that you know um, for, you know uh, chips would be uh, a risk, but uh, if you go and put your breaded cod in the fryer that you cook the chips in, then I've got problems. Um, so yes, we're having an event up at the Craigner Bar. Uh, Craigner Bar's famous. Uh, it calls itself the famous Craigner Bar anyway, but it's famous amongst the celiac uh, community over here because it has two separate menus completely. It, it's very very hot on making sure it has separate cooking facilities in there. So as a celiac, I know I'm safe. I can go there, and uh, it even has gluten-free beer, which is always quite nice. Um, and uh, so on the 24th of this month, we're having uh, our general meet, an annual general meeting, and we've decided to have a dinner as well. Um, they very kindly have um, given us a discount because of the, the, there is a connection there between the Craigner Bar and celiac disease, which I'm not fully aware of. I don't know the full details, but I know there's a, there's a history there. Um, and um, so we're going to be putting on a dinner. Uh, those people who can't, uh, we want as many people who are affected by celiac, whether it's because they suffer from it or they have it in the family, uh, to try and come along. Uh, obviously, we're restricted to seats. So the first 50 that book, um, that's it. End of story. Um, and um, yeah, uh, 24th at uh, 6.30. Um you can get reservations via ourselves or via Eventbrite if you want to go and have a look for it. And, of course, via our Facebook page as well. And this is a really good opportunity for people who maybe have been recently diagnosed to meet a group of people who are like them and who might be able to offer some advice yeah. and support. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the scary stories I've heard, and I, I didn't think it was still happening, but it happened quite recently, is a mother being told by the specialist at Nobles that a child had celiac and she said well what does that mean and he said he can't eat gluten and that was it she didn't know what contained gluten what to avoid how to cater um, and her first step was to actually find the celiac UK on the internet and through that the local page and then met up with with local volunteers and was able to just to sit there and relax because the worst thing that happens to people who are first diagnosed is they think, oh, great, I can go to the free-from section. And they walk into the free-from section and they suddenly see something like a loaf of bread at £2.50 or £3. And the size of loaf that you're actually looking at is tiny compared to a standard loaf. It's about 10 times the price of a standard loaf. Uh, the one that struck me, because i am always been quite keen on porridge, and oats doesn't have gluten... Oats can be produced in an environment where wheat and barley can get mixed in. So you can have clean oats and not clean oats. And if you buy a bag of oats in the supermarket, ordinary porridge oats at a, at a, for a kilo, it's about a pound. Now, you can get a quarter of a kilo on the free-from section for about three pounds. So you can already see that the cost is, uh, is quite significant. And someone who doesn't know all the tricks of the trade, for want of a better term 
can be quite it's quite a, a shock to the system when they first stand there at the free from aisle and look at what the choices are mm. um it must be so, so overwhelming just completely especially and you've just been told you know there there is something you now have to deal with that's challenging in your life and now you've got to deal with all of this as well yeah. so and nobody's telling you what to do yeah you know uh because the nutritionist isn't available um you know you've got to find somebody else that's actually uh in the same situation so this is a great way to meet those people. Also, a great way to get fed safely. Lovely food up at the Craig. And you're going to be giving a talk, which has, I think, the best title of a talk that I've heard. <laughs> Tell us about it, Peter. Uh, Bananas, Bombers and Dr Dick. Yes. I think I, I was doing a little bit of research um, into the history of celiac disease. And when I was very ill as a kid, my great uncle used to bang on about all the sick kids getting fed bananas in Glasgow. And the reason being was that the researchers in, in the UK at the time thought that that was the way that you treated children with celiac. You just put them on a banana diet. So there's the bananas bit. Then I discovered that the real hero of the story was a guy called Dr Dick, who was a Dutch paediatrician. I mean, his story is quite amazing anyway, and I'll go into it on the evening. Um, but he discovered what the actual cause uh, of, uh, shall we say, what was causing the problems with celiacs because of uh, World War Two, And when the Germans, reti- towards the end of the war, the Germans starved the Dutch people. It's, it's, it's well documented. And um, there wasn't the food there. Um, so what they did was the Swedish were allowed to ship in bread and the RAF... And the US, uh, United States Air Force flew in uh, essentially what we'd say is mercy missions. You know, we've seen it now when they fly over, you know, um, uh, famine areas and you see all the, the, the food being thrown out the back. They actually flew bombers over to um, Amsterdam and bombed the city with food. Wow. Um, so that's the bombers bit. Uh, what I love is that the, the British one was called Operation Manor, as in manna from heaven. Um, but the uh, Americans called theirs Chowhound, which I'm not quite sure what that was all about. Um, and it wasn't without its risks, because uh, even though they'd sort of told the Germans that they were going to do that, um, they were shot at when they actually flew across the coast. And to carry as much food as they could, they'd got rid of all the, the, the guns from these bombers. These bombers were flying completely unarmed with as much food as they could put in as possible. So... That food, the, the children, uh, to, to go back a little bit, the sick children got better during the famine while they were living off grass and spuds and whatever else they could get hold of. Um, and when all this food arrived, the Dutch people said, well, give it to the sick children first over us. And that included bread. And the sick children who got better during the famine got worse when they were given bread. And Dr Dick went ah, there is something in this bread that's causing these children to be ill. And that's when he discovered it was gluten. So, yes, Dr Dick. What a story. And you'll be able to hear this this full story, uh, which is described as an entertaining 2,000-year romp, which is quite fantastic (laughs) through the history of celiac disease. Uh, And that's going to be at this event as well. So it's at the the famous Craig Nabar on the 24th of June. Um, What is the best way for people to book book onto this then, Peter? The best way mm-hmm. is to go to, find, go to find the event on Eventbrite. Um, if you can't find that, find us on, on Facebook. 
um, as I said, the, the Celiac UK uh, Isle of Man Local Support Group page. Failing that, email me at Isle of Man uh, at Celiac. That's C-O-E-L-I-A-C dot org, O-R-G dot U-K. And we will try and get stuff to you. And we'll see. And we'd love to see as many of you as possible because we can all help each other to, to live a happier, healthier, gluten-free life. Well said. And I should add as well, uh, you're offering actually this, this, this meal for free for those who can't afford to pay. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we don't want money to be a problem. And as I said before, when we were talking about the costs, you know, there's been a significant cost to those of us who have to live on a restricted diet. So for a good, safe feed, go to this event. <laughs> Absolutely. And I booked myself a, a uh, Kregner Burger, I think it's called. Oh, that sounds magnificent. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Peter, it's lovely catching up with you. Thanks so much for and, taking the time. And thank you very much for your time. The Charity of the Week. <laughs>